It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills with Mike alongside Joey Madore. We got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 29th day of September. 6.06 on the clock and 59 degrees and mostly cloudy outside. It's getting colder. It's getting a little bit cooler. And as we look ahead towards the weekend, hopefully it just stays cool. It feels like football weather and uh, hopefully... Uh, we, we got some nice clear weather coming on Friday. So far, I don't see any rain or anything in the schedule. But it's the Sportsman presented by J&K Contracting. Of course, I'm alluding to our big game. Uh, it will be the biggest game in Athens County. It always is at the end of the regular season, Athens and NY. It was a pretty big game in the NFL last night between the two powerhouse teams with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, I think Joey and I, well, maybe, I, I might have gotten a little bit blindsided. I might have let a, a Baltimore fan talk me into believing that Baltimore uh, could have won that game. I should have listened to Russ Heltman yesterday as Heltman picked the Chiefs. However, it was a big win for the Kansas City Chiefs over the Ravens, and those two teams will still probably be the one and two seeds coming out of the AFC. But, Joey, it, disappointing loss for your Ravens last night. Uh, I would say the Chiefs played a, a heck of a game. Um, Mahomes was, uh, came out did pretty much whatever he wanted. Uh, the, oh, it's tough. I mean, it, I mean, people are acting like it was still a good game. I don't know. I thought it was a blowout. I know it's, it ended up only being a 14-point game. It definitely didn't feel that way going through it. didn't seem like the Ravens showed up. Uh, besides the first drive, they had success going down the field, but they kind of stopped running the ball, couldn't do anything in the passing game, had some drops, had some bad throws from Lamar Jackson, didn't really show up in that game. Uh, and, oh, no, it's one of those situations where, seems like the Chiefs just have the, the Ravens number right now. They always out-coach them. They always out-play them. Uh, Mahomes has thrown for over 370 yards all three times. He's played the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a I – don't, I don't know. I didn't think it was that good of a game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid just has Baltimore's number. At, at this point, you know, Reid is a very – he's a talented coach. You know, he's a coach that finally, finally has won a Super Bowl last year, and he's one of the more deserving guys out in the NFL coaching circle who – you know, was waiting for that Super Bowl win. He got it. I think he's on his way, at least as a coach, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but for Andy Reid, you know, he, he's able to beat Baltimore. He's able to beat the good teams. He's got his star quarterback, Mahomes, last night, 31 of 42 for 385 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson, 15 completions for 28 yards, under 100 yards passing at 97, threw a touchdown, and got sacked four times for 27 yards. And, uh, you know, th that quarterback rating of 40.4. Lamar Jackson did not have his best game through the air, still picked up 83 yards on the grounds, uh, with the longest being 30 yards rushing for Lamar Jackson. But, you know, Chiefs stepped up. They, uh, they did a good job. The defense stepped up. They held him uh, you know, only to 10 points per half. And, I mean, just Patrick Mahomes, it, he, he's not overrated. You know, a lot of people would say that he's out there and, uh, you know, maybe because of the, the sidearm passes or the no-look passes, people might say, all right, well, what about when so-and-so does this? What about when you know, uh, Rodgers does it of the, of the Packers? What if he goes sidearm or what if he, he does this? But, 
you know, Mahomes just has a talent. He's got the arm strength. He was backpedaling yesterday, Joey, and he still threw a, what, 60-plus yard touchdown or 50-plus yard touchdown to, to his wide receiver to, to get the uh, bring it up four touchdowns. I mean, it was just unbelievable what Mahomes has been able to do. Yeah, he should have another one. McCole Hardman dropped another touchdown, so he could have had five in the game, really. Yeah, just a uh, perfect game plan schemed up by Andy Reid. Uh, the Ravens' pass rush, and I, we, when we were talking about this game, I told you what the issue was going to be if, if uh, they didn't get pressure on Mahomes. It was going to be a problem. They didn't sack him one time. They got a few hits, but, I mean, one of the times he got drilled, he threw a 50-yard touchdown down the field. So, I mean, it's not like it really mattered all that much. They just got out-schemed, the Ravens. Uh, uh, the Chiefs had all kinds of exotic screen plays, and then you saw them run the little shuffle pass down inside the five-yard line where he threw it underhand to the fullback. They leaked the uh, the tackle out to score a touchdown. Everybody loves when a, when a big guy gets in the end zone. And uh, their defense just did enough to contain the Ravens. Uh, I think the Ravens yet again, I don't know, the Ravens seem to outcoach themselves when they get down by a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, it just kind of... Uh, Highlights everything that, the, that is said about the Ravens' efficiencies that they can't play from behind or if they're not running the ball effectively, which they were. They just stopped doing it. They can't win. Uh, the defense didn't step up. They don't have a pass rush, and it doesn't matter how good the secondary is. I mean, he had Mahomes is sitting back there most of the time and could pick it apart, really. So, I mean, guys are always just coming open after four or five seconds. It's hard to ask an NFL guy to, to guard a Chiefs offense that long just with the amount of speed they have on the outside with Hill and Kelsey and Hardman and, Sammy Watkins, I mean, they're weapons on offense, and they added Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the backfield as well. Right. So they're just such a powerhouse on offense, and if you don't pressure them, I mean, that's why the Chargers had success because Bosa and Ingram were in Mahomes' face the whole game. That's the only shot you have. If you let him sit back there and pick you apart, he's going to do it. He's not going to miss wide-open throws down the field, and there were a lot of them for him to take advantage of yesterday. And, you know, when Lamar Jackson on the other side had plays to make down the field, he didn't do it. Uh, and it didn't help. He had a couple of drops here and there, but there were some other balls where he could have had Hollywood Brown down the sideline. He underthrew it and almost got picked off if he makes the throw at the touchdown, and perhaps that changes momentum in the game. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it, I think it told a lot about just how good the Chiefs really still are. I think there were some question marks after the Chargers game, but they're still the best team in football. I mean, don't write the Ravens off. It's week three. There's still right. I mean 13 regular uh, yeah, 13 regular season games left to play. And it wasn't a blowout. I mean, it's a, it's a two-score lead, right, 34-20. Yeah, I mean, it I was 27-20 going into the fourth quarter. The Ravens right. had a chance. They just couldn't get off the field. So that, I still think that these are the top two teams in the AFC. You know, I don't really know who can contend with them. I mean, the Packers are 3-0 and right now. The Seahawks, I think Seahawks, if I were to guess, it's going to be Seahawks-Chiefs. Right? That, that would be my guess for Super Bowl uh, this year. We're, again, we're only three weeks in. A lot can happen. Uh you know, moving forward, but you know, Russell Wilson of the Seahawks looks pretty good this year. Uh, you know, I think the Bills have been a big surprise. Buffalo coming away with a win over the Rams. Uh, Jared, uh, Josh Allen, 300 yards in three straight games, 35-32 win over the Rams. Uh, but I, I still do think that it's going to be the Chiefs. And as of right now, the Seahawks coming out of the NFC, Chiefs out of the AFC, and. Uh, well, we we got to wait and see what happens. But I, I'm in a little bit of a postseason mood right now because we got the NBA, right? NBA is going into the uh, finals of the postseason. You got the MLB starting today with the MLB postseason. You got OHSAA high school football postseason right around the corner. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, this is the time of the year where, you know, when we were talking back in March, if things are going to get rescheduled, postponed, what have you, this is a, the time of the year where things start heating up and things start getting. 
you know, a little bit exciting because now you got the NBA, you got the MLB. I mean, it's the start of the NFL season, so you still have NFL once a week, every week. We're not hitting the postseason for them for a while. But you do have a lot of sports that are playing meaningful games at this time of the year, which wouldn't have happened if, if we weren't in pandemic times. Yeah, and hockey had the uh, Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. won it last night. That's right, Lightning winning it. Was that their first win? I think that was, right? Yep. Yeah, so Lightning win their first Stanley Cup uh, in franchise history. So I saw uh, on uh, Scott Van Pelt last night, their coach was wearing a, uh, a national championship Virginia basketball hat. And Van Pelt asked him, because obviously around here you probably know the story, that last year the one seed Tampa Bay was, and they got swept in the first round by the eight seed Columbus. And, right. of course, a few years ago you can remember that the one seed in the entire tournament, not just the one seed in their bracket, Virginia, lost to the 16th seed UMBC by 20 points. So, you know, Scott Van Pelt noticed he had the hat on. He asked if they, uh, you know, pulled any kind of motivation from what happened to Virginia because after Virginia lost to the 16th seed the next year, they won the national championship. So it's kind of cool to see the, uh, the kind of continuity there with uh, the Lightning going from getting swept out of the first round as the one seed to the next year going on to win the Cup. It is. I'm trying to figure out if it was – I don't know what the series were with the Lightning as soon as the Blue Jackets left the postseason because of, uh, you know, Tampa Bay. I got to wait and see and, and figure out, you know, what they did. Uh, but we do have a caller right here on the Sportsman. Caller, what do you got for us? Never mind. They just hung up. Either way. Wrong um, number, maybe. 740-592-6646. 740-592-6646. If you do want to call in, maybe you had a little bit of trouble there, but phone lines are always open right here on the Sports Fan. Call in, talk about whatever sport you want, because this is the fun time of the season. Uh, but as I was saying, you know, with the playoffs in the Stanley Cup, I wanted to figure out, and I think I can see it right here, with the Lightning. So Lightning advance. Uh, they were the two seed. Uh, Lightning beats the uh, Blue Jackets, right? That's that was the uh, that was the original one. Uh, but Tampa Bay Lightning wins four to one over the Bruins, and Tampa Bay wins. They didn't go to a game two. seven the whole playoffs, and no. they, they didn't lose back to back games the whole run either. And that's what I was trying to figure out. And yeah, it was four to one. So four to one over uh, the Blue Jackets. Four to one over the Bruins. Four to two over the Islanders. And then in the Stanley Cup Finals, 4-2 over Dallas. I mean, that, that is some pretty dominant play from Tampa Bay Lightning. And you got to tip your cap to them. They've had a tremendous season, and especially with everything that had happened this year, uh, you know, they did their job. They went out there, they performed exceedingly well, and they win their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool for, for Tampa Bay. And, of course, you know, we, we got a couple big games coming up this year, too, uh, it, within this week. Reds tomorrow, they open up against the Atlanta Braves for the Reds. Trevor Bauer heads to the mound. That's going to be game one. You can hear that game right here on 970 WATH starting at 1130. That's going to be an AM start, 1130 AM. And then last probably up until around, I'd say, 330, uh, 330, 430. So we'll still have Classic Caravan with Sky Hope. You'll still get the music from her. Uh, Scott Daly in the morning gets cut short just a little bit with Sentimental Journey. But Reds are in the postseason. It's the first time since 2013 uh so we got some big games and then of course we got to wait and see it all depends on the reds because with high school football coming up and we got another let's see caller you're on the sports fan hey just to catch you guys up 
Tampa Bay has won two Stanley Cup finals. Uh, two Stanley Cup. All right, so this is their second one in franchise history. Thank you. Yep. But still, I mean, it's it's a great uh, accomplishment for for the Lightning, winning the the Stanley Cup now you know, twice in franchise history, uh, and they had a, a tremendous run. But uh, back to the uh, you know with the high school football, we're not sure which station Athens and NY will be on yet because it all depends on where what the Reds do. If the Reds take care of business, they beat the Braves two games, or if the Braves, if this game goes to three games, we don't know what the timing is yet. Uh, but, of course, you'll be able to hear Athens NY either on 970 or we'll switch it over to 105.5, depending on if they uh, all depends on the Reds. Uh, but that, of course, is the big game coming up this weekend. And yeah, I'm excited for it because high school football week six and then the postseason happens after that. And the seedings for high school football come out on Thursday. So two days from now, we'll figure out you know, who's going to have a first round bye. We'll figure out who's going to go where. Uh, so that's going to be exciting to look forward to and figure out, you know, what happens. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, obviously in high school football around here, you don't usually have a team getting a bye. So it's going to be interesting to see how that really uh, affects, you know, the teams around here because that can usually go one or two ways. Sometimes it's better for teams just to keep on playing, keep their momentum going that they have throughout the regular season, especially if a team's playing extremely well towards the end of the season. Sometimes they get a bye and then they come out a little bit sluggish the next week after not playing for a whole week of football and then you know that that can affect the team or otherwise i mean sometimes the team's a little bit banged up and they need a little bit of rest and they get that and they're coming out they're fresh ready for the the bye week so that that'll be an interesting dynamic to see how it affects different teams in the area i mean i would assume we're going to have a few teams around here you know the trimbles that possibly ny's wellston's teams like that are going to be the top eight in their region and uh we'll see you know how that bye week will end up affecting them down the road and I, I, I had to look it up. Uh, Tampa Bay did win the Stanley Cup final uh, back in the 03 through 04 season. So there's a second, uh, second one. They won in 03, 04, and they win here in, in 2020. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, you know, with the bye. I mean, are, are people going to be a little bit rusty? I mean, if they have that week off. Uh, and plus, I mean, we're still waiting to hear, and hopefully it does happen, but I'd love to see the Athens and Wellston game. I've said it a couple times now, but... You know, to figure out who wins at TVC Ohio, I, I think that'd be an important game to, to go and watch. And depending on how far each team gets to go in the postseason, maybe uh, we'll, we'll see it sometime late October, early November, if, if the teams are still playing by then. Uh, but I think that, you know, we, we'll, we'll figure out everything coming on Thursday uh, as we get the seedings. Because with those seedings, we'll, we'll figure out, does Trimble have the number one seed? Do they get, you know, are they going to have that bye? Heath Clemens and I have talked about it a little bit, and we believe, you know, the first eight teams are going to get that bye. Uh, so Trimble might have a week off before having to have their first game in week number eight in the postseason. I don't envy anyone trying to, uh, I imagine it's going to take a, a, a week-long process type of thing, and they're just releasing it on Thursday. But I, I don't envy anyone who has to sit in that room and try to figure out, uh, you know, how to rank these teams from all these different areas to try and figure out, you know, strength of schedule, conference, strength of the conference and things like that, because it varies in other places. I mean, some of these teams, you, you might get a two and four team this year, but they're playing in the best conference and they're a good football team. And, you know, they're going to have to play some six and O team who comes from kind of a cupcake conference. And all of a sudden, you know, a really low seed ends up 
beating one of the top seeds just because of, you know, the, the discrepancy in the schedule that they played in the regular season. So that's going to be a, an interesting dynamic because when you limit it down to eight, you, you pretty much you, you're going to get the best eight teams that way just because they have a computer point system that makes that happen. But when you don't have that and you're doing it based, I mean, it's all like the eye test this year, really. Uh, just who looks good to certain people and to have to judge all those different teams and high schools, obviously some of them are going to opt out, but uh, it's going to be a tough job and it'll be interesting to see how the teams down here get received compared to some of the teams and, you know, the bigger cities like Columbus or Cleveland, Cincinnati, things like that, how much their value is, uh, is weighed when it comes to their rankings and their divisions and regions. Well, if we go to Joe Itell, right, and, and I got the link from Trevor Stevens yesterday, and Itell has put out, you know, the estimated, you know, what, what teams will be ranked where. And he's still going by the computer point average. I mean, that's still a valid way of ranking the teams, and maybe even coaches will, will reference that when trying to figure out, you know, what team should be seeded where. Uh, but Athens right now would be ranked 17th in Region 11, if they you know, were going by the computer point rankings, right underneath them, even though Marietta beat Athens, Marietta's ranked at number uh, 18. Marietta's 2-3 and three this year. At the top, uh, they've got Eastmore Academy, Sheridan, and then a, a school from Columbus, which is south. Uh, but then Jonathan Elder and London are the top five coming out of Region 11. And you got to think, you know, those teams... I mean, Eastmore Academy, they've got 33.5 if you go by the computer rankings. Uh, that's their current average. They're probably going to get the one seed. But then after that, how much do, uh, do coaches deviate from what those rankings are? Yeah, I would think you would take a big look at it because I think it's the most uh, effective metric you can have in, in trying to weigh out who's better than who. I mean, obviously, it's another thing, you know, Eastmore Academy up in Columbus is probably playing in a pretty good conference with some pretty good teams. I remember... Eastmore Academy, I saw them play Sheridan back a couple of years ago in the, in the uh, I believe it was a regional final, but that was a good game. Uh, Sheridan's a good team, too, out of the MVL. There's Pete Tribe Howie, 33 to nothing. That's a big rivalry up there, and usually that's a pretty good game. But, yeah, strong at the top of, of this region for sure. Uh, Jonathan Aldridge, another team that's been a playoff team, really solid. I believe they knocked off Sheridan. They, I can't remember off the top of my head. Last season, I'm trying to think who Sheridan ended up losing to. I'll try to figure that out. Well, I figure that out. Uh, moving from Region 11 down to Region 27 in Division 7. Uh, right now, the estimated rank for Trimble, uh, they've got 20.7 for the computer point rankings, if you want to go by that. Uh, but Trimble is ranked number one right now with a record of 5-0. Caldwell would be second, and they're down by five points, just about uh, at 15.5. Caldwell would be second. Danville third. River uh, out of... Hannibal, Ohio, River would be uh, fourth, and then Frontier would be fifth. Those would be the top five. Taking a look at the other uh, TVC Hawking teams, you got Eastern, which would be 11th, and then Waterford you know, would get the short end of the stick right now. They do have a losing record of two and three. I think they're a little bit better than the record shows, uh, but Waterford is down at 20th. Uh, but, of course, they opted into the postseason, and they can make some noise. They can go out there and, and, and uh, you know, fight for their spot in the postseason as well. But Trimble's number one. I would not be surprised if Trimble gets seeded number one. But between Trimble and Caldwell, you got to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I, th I think that it's, it's interesting because the only thing besides the computer points to look at right now is a common opponent. They both played Eastern. Caldwell beat them 26-0. Now, that was week one of the season. 
So, you know, sometimes, you know, some things go certain ways. But, I mean, it wasn't too long. Trimble played him after week two. And Trimble only beat him 10-7, right? They let him score, then shut him out. It was a really close game. So I don't know if that will be taken into consideration when looking at uh, trying to seed these teams. But Trimble has the pedigree as well when it comes to, uh, you know, the regional and state level. You know, they've gotten to the top of the mountain when it comes to that. So I think that will play a factor. But right now, looking at common opponents, I think it wouldn't be too shocking to see Caldwell get the nod. And to see Caldwell, the only reason why Caldwell, I think, is with, with 15.7 computer points, Caldwell has a win against Eastern, a loss away to Shenandoah, a loss home against Fort Fry. Now, Fort Fry is 5-0, and, uh, and, and they lost to Fort Fry 26 to nothing. Monroe Central with the win. Uh, they, they beat Monroe Central, they being Caldwell, and then Burn Union uh, with a win 18-13. to that was this past week on the last Friday. So if you take a look, I mean, 3-2 and two record or a 5-0 and oh record. Yeah. That's I also mean, to take into consideration, right. too. Right. I mean, it's a bit of a tougher schedule when you, when you read the teams out. You know, Trimble hasn't played a Ford Fry. Trimble hasn't played a Shenandoah. Not that, I mean, they did beat that good MY team. They beat a good Waterford, good Eastern team. But also, the other teams in the hockey are kind of, it kind of hurts a little bit, but uh, no, I mean, I think if you put a two-loss team in over a uh, an undefeated team, that'll be a, that'll be a tough sell. I think it would be, but you know, we got to wait until Thursday. I think Thursday at two is what Trevor told me is when those seedings will come out. Uh, hopefully, you know, I got to hope for the Athens County teams to get some good seeds, or even you know, if, if they get seeded a little bit lower, maybe they get on the opposite side of the bracket than the one seed, because uh, I think you know. We got a couple teams here down in Southeast Ohio that can go out there and make some noise. I'm interested in seeing what you know uh, Nelsonville York gets seated. I think they've got a good chance to advance in the TVC Ohio uh, from the TVC Ohio, and of course, where does Athens go? And I think a lot of those answers will be answered, or a lot of those questions will be answered come Friday uh, when we have Athens and NY on the airwaves. We'll step aside. We'll take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back as you're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Flu shots are available now at Fruit Pharmacy. Protect yourself and others from the flu. It's never been easier. Walk in, call ahead, or get a flu shot in the safety and convenience of your own vehicle. Need other items? Don't forget about Fruit's curbside delivery and let Fruit do your shopping. The CDC recommends everyone over six months of age get a flu shot every year. With no charge on most insurances, what are you waiting for? Get your flu shot today at your local Fruit. Your hometown family pharmacy. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. 
life. Good work takes hard work. Acre after acre, year after year, since 1916, durable, gravely tractors, mowers, and equipment are still working hard. Since 1948, gravely has been working hard at Wakefield Garage, located one mile east of Albany. See the line of zero turn, stand on, walk behind mowers, and get your next hardworking, extremely durable gravely at Wakefield Garage. Wakefield's also has complete service on riding and push mowers and blade sharpening. Wakefield Garage, 3747 and Low Road, 740-593-3815. Gravely Equipment, built around you. Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's the Sports Fan right here on the 97s at WATH. Mills and the mic alongside Joey Medor. Got you for 30 more minutes on this radio program. And, of course, we opened up the show talking a little bit about Monday Night Football and, and the uh, the Ravens and Chiefs. And now we got to shift our focus from the past until the present and the Titans right now, as well as, what was it, the Vikings, I think, that are also going into quarantine. But uh, the Tennessee Titans have suspended in-person activities through Friday after the NFL says three Titans players and five personnel tested positive for the coronavirus. A person familiar with the situation says all eight test results are confirmed positives, making this the first COVID-19 outbreak of the NFL season in week number four. The NFL says both the Titans and the Vikings are suspending in-person activities. Following the test results, the Titans have played the Vikings in Minnesota last weekend. The league says both teams are working with infectious disease experts to trace contacts and perform more tests. Titans are scheduled to host the Steelers on Sunday, with the Titans unable to practice until Saturday at the earliest. When that game might be played is unknown. At this point, you know, that game will still be played, but you got to think, you know, with the first outbreak, uh, it's it's most likely going to get postponed. It will get canceled. It will not happen on Sunday. So if, I guess if you're a fantasy owner, uh, you would not want to start any Titans players or any Steelers players. However, it is disappointing to see the first outbreak of the NFL season, uh, and it's coming with the Titans, who have done pretty well so far in the early season. Yeah, I mean... We'll see. I don't know exactly what the what the protocol is going to be for the Vikings. I guess they're all going to get tested and see if any of them ended up contracting it uh, while playing the Titans. Um, yeah, you're definitely not going to play that game between the Titans and Steelers. And, of course, the Vikings can't practice either. I mean, you're not going to have an NFL team not be able to practice all the way up till Saturday, play a game on Sunday when the team they're playing against has been practicing and preparing all week. So those games are probably going to get postponed. Um you know, it's hard to really blame anybody because, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean these guys are out doing something dumb and not wearing a mask and, you know, going places they weren't supposed to. I mean, if they have kids that are in school, I mean, the kid goes to school and gets in, brings it home, and then, you know, they go to practice. And obviously in a football locker room, if someone has it, it's going to spread around. I mean, they're just all so close, and football is a full-contact sport. So, you know, it's tough to really blame anybody for this. Um Yeah, it's disappointing since the first three weeks kind of went off without a hitch, no problem. Uh, now the NFL, I don't know necessarily what the uh, what, if they have any kind of protocol here to go about making up games when it comes to coronavirus being an issue. I mean, football never really has to worry about this. You play football in all weather as long as it's not you know thundering and lightning. 
You know, if it's raining, snowing, ice on the field, anything, you know, the NFL plays. It doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about canceling games. But, yeah, it's going to be new territory a little bit for the for the NFL, trying to figure out and navigate how to and when to make up these games. Because, I mean, I guess you're going to – I guess what you could do is uh, – but if the bye weeks don't match up, that wouldn't work either. I was going to suggest when the team has bye weeks. So there's going to be a lot of shuffling to go around because, you know, it's not like – it's not like baseball or basketball or hockey where you have multiple, you know, days off at certain points where both teams can figure it out because you only have one bye week in football. Right. The only bye week, and if it doesn't match up, then you really can't reschedule for anybody, especially if they're not on your schedule. Um, and it, I don't think it would be fair to reschedule people, too, because you know, that is a week off. You know, and that was a big thing with the NFL, you know, expanding their season next year. Uh, they, they did not want to play more games and risk injury uh, because of more games. Uh, so I don't see or foresee any other team, you know, going out there and giving up their bye week to then go play the Steelers. Uh, Steelers are undefeated right now. I think they'll just take another week off and, you know, look to you know, just get better and, and continue to improve on their season, uh, which they, I think they've been proving a lot of people wrong. Roethlisberger's look good. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been having a good year so far. But, um, you know, with, with the Steelers, they'll probably just take the week off. Uh, but it is unfortunate because the Titans, they were doing well. Um, and when it comes to, you know, the, the Titans and Tannehill and, and, and everybody running back, Henry, you don't want to see him to, to have COVID. You don't want to, uh, you know, see any, any team, any any place have the outbreak. But when it comes down to that, uh Health and safety first, right? So for the NFL, this will be their first test. They will have to figure out, you know, how do they deal with that outbreak? MLB, for everything that happened at the beginning of the year with the Cardinals and the Marlins and uh, you know, a couple other teams who, who had players test positive, they were able to get through it. They were able to get through 60-game season. I think the most the team missed might have been two, three games all year long. Uh, so MLB was able to figure out. Of course, you're only talking about 16 games for the NFL, and you don't really have that time to make up those games, but we'll see. We'll see what their COVID protocols are. Well, they're going to have to figure something out. They're not going to have one team play 15 and one team have play 16 games. I mean, that can have huge implications on seeding and who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. So they're going to have to figure something out. I mean, they can't just decide at Pittsburgh, I guess you're only going to get 15 this year. I mean, it's different. They don't have some kind of like with high school or – you know, college football, however they discuss and do it. It's There's no discussion on who gets ranked where. It goes by strictly record, and they have tiebreakers based on, like, division record or head-to-head and things like that. So, you know, the, the NFL doesn't have a discussion on which team is best and where they're going to be placed in the when it comes to playoff seating, like in other levels of football. So you're going to ha- they can't just have a team not play as many games as another team, and then have that if that team goes on to win the division or go to the playoffs, I mean, that'll be a huge, I mean, a huge issue that will, I mean, to, to kind of throw a wrench in all that. Right. And, again, it's not like baseball where you can just have a seven-inning doubleheader the next day. You don't have doubleheaders for football. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe, I mean, if you want to go outside of the box here, maybe you play on a, on a Thursday and a Monday, or maybe you do some midweek matching. Maybe you just, you know, spread it out a couple of days and, and throw in a, a random football game during the week. I mean, they could try that, but the only way you could really get it that to work is if you have both a, a team playing on a Thursday, but you're never going to have two teams play on Thursday 
And then, I mean, it's one thing if it's division opponents, you could try to make it work. If they're playing on a Thursday night, then they can agree to play again on Tuesday, right? I mean, you could kind of get them because that's enough time and it's the same team dealing with the same issue. But you're not going to get a team that played on Thursday night and then will again be able to play on Tuesday because the team they're going to play is probably going to have played on uh, Sunday or Monday. So I don't know. It's going to be, uh, I don't know how they're going to figure it out. Right. That, it's the only other way that I would see it off the top of my head. Maybe they have you know, a week or two after the season. I'm about to say you push the postseason yeah. back perhaps. Yeah, exactly. have an extra week at the end. Depending on how widespread that this could be. Again, we're just talking about the Titans. Tennessee Titans are the, the only ones who have confirmed positive for, for coronavirus at this point. Vikings uh, are holding off their quarantining. Uh, but with the Titans, you know, you got to see. I mean, the Vikings could have been infected. I think they're still waiting to see a couple tests with them. Uh, but with Tennessee, how long do they have to be quarantined for? And it's not like the Marlins. I mean, you could probably find a guy in your training camp and promote them from within and but it's not going to be the same. I mean, you're paying Tannehill, what, millions of dollars to be the starting quarterback. You can't just replace him with any Joe Schmo off the street. But baseball, it might work. I mean, it worked for the Marlins. But you, you can't just you know, replace half your team and expect the same level of football to be played. Well, no. But, I mean, if that's what you're going to have to do to have to play, I mean, that's... I mean, you know, they might have to do it. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And we got a uh, caller in on the sports fan, maybe... We'll activate the line. Caller, are you there? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know if you went over this earlier, but I, unfortunately I just got to tune in. But could you tell us what's going on with Joe Burrow? He's taking so many hits and what they're going to do. Yeah, we talked with Russ Heltman yesterday. Uh, he's a, a writer. Used to be here at the station. Did, did some great work with us here. But uh, now he's a writer for Sports Illustrated and All's Bangles uh, online. And we talked to him about... You know, the Bengals really have not been able to protect Joe at all. I mean, he's mm-hmm. on pace right now for second most sacks in, in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be yeah. the worst since, I think, 03 with the Houston Texans and uh, uh, David Carr. What you remember which it was the brother yeah, of David Derek Carr. Carr. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the Bengals are going to have to figure out a way to secure up that offensive line because if Joe keeps on getting hit and sacked, he was under pressure 26 times. Uh, it's just not a sustainable way for any franchise quarterback to continue to become the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to hang up, and, and what's going to change management and everything there then? And, uh, and you can elaborate on that. I appreciate your ability to do that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, of course, anytime. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Well, I mean, if we want to look at it from a football standpoint, some of the things you can do is you can try to leave in extra guys, put a tight end on the line to stay in the block, leave a running back in the backfield, let them hang in there and block. I mean, from a management standpoint, unfortunately right now there's not too much to, uh, you know, you're not going to go out there and revamp an offensive line, right? I mean, unfortunately right now the O-line's bad, and that's just the reality you're going to have to deal with for this season. I mean, no one's coming in the door randomly, and all of a sudden you're going to, you know, flick, uh, snap a finger, this thing's going to be fixed. I mean, this is going to be a, a problem, and they do need to address it in the offseason and things like that, but unfortunately it might just be one of those things where this year he's going to be getting smoked a lot, and he's just going to have to be continuing to get the ball out quicker. Uh, I mean, he's been pretty good at that so far, of catching the snap, drop back one, two, and getting rid of the football, and that's what he's got to do. I mean, there's sometimes he's been hanging in there trying to make a big play down the field, but he just doesn't have the time to do it. 
And, I mean, we were talking about how the Ravens last night were unable to get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Was not sacked, had about four or five seconds to go out, read the defense, and really pick him apart. That's a, a uh, an ability that Joe doesn't even have the ability to do right now because he's under pressure within two seconds. The offensive line is not giving him any protection whatsoever, and he's one of the best quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Focus, one of the best quarterbacks on short passes. He's got no other choice. He's got to get that ball quick. I mean, he's, sometimes he's able to drop back and maybe you, know, you just got to sit back and pray that one of his offensive linemen just protect him for longer than hopefully three seconds. Uh, but this, the offensive line, I would say the best thing that uh, Cincinnati can do right now for Joe is to go and make a trade. Trade for an offensive lineman this year. Trade for something. I even joked with Heath Clemens earlier this year, and I said, Heath, why don't we just put Matt Frazee on the line? I mean, he'll protect Joe, right? I mean, Frazee could go out there and, and do a better job than, than that offensive line out there. Um, and, of course, I'm, I'm kidding about Frazee, but I, I think that he could go out there and do it. You know, you just need somebody who can protect him for longer than three seconds and hope that you don't get hit or pressured or thrown off your game 26 times a game. I mean, that that's a lot. You really can't. You, you have to figure out a way to fix that offensive line, even if it's just getting your tight end to be an extra blocker or your running back to be an extra blocker. It's it's just not not a good situation with that offensive line this year. And they number one priority in the offseason, draft offensive linemen. Or trade some of your picks for next year for some offensive linemen. But an immediate fix right now, either trade for somebody or you got to light a fire underneath somebody because they're just not doing their job. And Joe's getting rattled. He's getting, I don't know if you saw the one big smoked. hit, Joe. Yeah. He's getting smoked, and you can't take those many hits. No. I was listening to the broadcast last Sunday, and I went back and I had to watch the film. And that one hit that the Eagles had against him, I rocked him. You know, I mean, that... Yeah, he almost got his head taken off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You, you cannot, by any means, have that happen to your franchise quarterback. And I think that he... It's a limited sample size. But Joe has done exceptionally well over the past two weeks with the limited, you know... Three games. You're not going to judge a career in three games. But in the three games, two games over 300 yards passing. You know, no interceptions, back-to-back games. Week one, it was just a, a, a bad decision, and it was picked off by, by the Chargers. But through three weeks, he looks and has acted like a franchise quarterback, which is good, which is why you need to improve that offensive line. It, it's just unacceptable the way that it is constructed right now and if it doesn't get fixed, some people didn't think it was a problem before the season too. That's what I. That's what's most shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you have to fix something, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what the answer is on how to fix it. But yeah, things that come to mind: trade. You got to trade somebody for somebody. You know, I, I don't even care if you give up one of your wide receivers. Trade Joe Ross. I mean, you're not going to John. John, trade trade uh, John Ross. If you're not going to use him. If he was a healthy and active last week. I mean, he, he was a first-round pick back in 2017. Not that any team would want him now because if you're sitting him active. 
but trying to get something for him. Maybe another team will take a chance on him. But you have to figure something out just to protect and get a better offensive line. And then, you know, not only will you get Joe you know, protected better, maybe even get Joe Mixon into the running game a little bit more. Because there's been no running game for the Bengals. It's because you don't have an offensive line. But it is what it is. I yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to add. Just look at a 21st, uh, uh, 2012 first overall pick. Andrew Luck, he's retired now. And Why? Because he, he didn't have a line. He was getting smoked all the time for a few years, and he got so many injuries, and he was just done rehabbing. And he retired last year. I don't know. They got to protect him. And if you want a good ball club, you got to protect your franchise quarterback. You know, a lot of you, you give credit to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Why? Because he's got a good offensive line that has been able to protect him and get him in ball games. Russell Wilson, good quarterback, has a good offensive line. The Chiefs have a good offensive line. Patrick Mahomes has time. They were re- missing a starting alignment last night and faced a team that blitzes more than any team in the NFL, and he still didn't get sacked one time. It's either getting back to the fundamentals and teaching. There's a reason why these guys are playing in the NFL. They are NFL players. But this offensive line is not acting like an NFL offensive line. Anyway, we'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, Cincinnati Reds into the postseason for the first time since 2013. And they hit the airwaves tomorrow starting at 11.30 a.m. We'll be right back. It's the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. If there's something strange in your backyard, who are you going to call? Howard Septic! If there's something smelly and looks kind of weird, who are you going to call? Howard Septic! No Porta John for your event, need a pot for your construction site. Who are you going to call? Howard Septic! If you're needing our help, pick up the phone and call Howard Septic at 740-662-2603. Did you know that your insurance plan may include mental health or substance use disorder benefits? Taking care of your emotional health, especially during these difficult times, is more important than ever. Don't let worrying about insurance keep you from seeking treatment. Check out the Ohio Department of Insurance's website, insurance.ohio.gov, to learn how mental health insurance works. Or call 800-686-1526. Speak to experts who can help you understand the benefits that may be in your plan. Call or visit ODI's website today. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you, too, can serve part-time in the community you love, visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good work takes hard work. Acre after acre, year after year, since 1916, durable, gravely tractors, mowers, and equipment are still working hard. Since 1948, gravely has been working hard at Wakefield Garage, located one mile east of Albany. See the line of zero turns, stand on, walk behind mowers, and get your next hardworking, extremely durable gravely at Wakefield Garage. Wakefield's also has complete service on riding and push mowers and blade sharpening. Wakefield Garage, 3747 and Low Road, 740-593-3815. Gravely Equipment, built around you. Hi, this is Tom Zawistowski, president of the We the People Convention. Could this election be any more important to your future? Every vote is going to count. But guess what? 1.8 million Ohioans aren't registered to vote. 
I'm not kidding. If you are not registered, it's easier than ever. Just go to VoteOhio.gov and you can do it in two minutes. Go to VoteOhio.gov and register right now. Then keep up on the events that are shaping our nation at WeThePeopleConvention.org and watch my podcast. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan on the 97s of WATH right off of Columbus Road, 300 to be exact, the broadcast house, 650 on the clock, and CBS News is coming your way next. Mel's the mic along with Joey Medor and... Gotcha up until 7. Reds into the postseason. Now, that's a, a good team from Cincinnati. I, I think the Bengals can be a good team. But the Reds are finally, they, they even wore the shirts that said, respect Cincinnati. Right? Because they feel that they've been disrespected this season and, and they're demanding their respect. Uh, and I, I think that's a, a good mindset to go in there with. It's a confident mindset and you... Really, you don't expect anything less from characters like Votto and, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer. Uh, I mean, those guys are, they could probably have a sitcom reality TV show. I'd watch it. Amir Garrett's another one. Big personality guy. Yeah. I mean, Amir Garrett solidified his personality when he charged the Pirates. (laughs) He was the only guy who ran towards the side. Uh, But it was Amir Garrett against uh, against the Pirates. That all the Reds, of course, piled on, too. But, uh, you know, if Reds... They needed a big push at the end of the season. They got their big push. Their bats woke up. Uh, I mean, they, they've been playing some really, really good baseball over the last couple weeks, and now they have a shot. You know, it's a banged-up Atlanta Braves pitching rotation. It's a rotation that the Reds should be able to put some, I would say, put put some runs up on the board. And with, with who they have, one, two, and three, Bauer, Luis Castillo, and then uh, Sonny Gray. That's about as good of a one-two-three punch you're going to get in this postseason. And you know, it's not the it's not the rotation that maybe Tampa Bay has. It's not the rotation that maybe Oakland's. I mean, Oakland has a, a good rotation too. But it is, I would say, top top ten in the league. And you have the NL Cy Young favorite, Trevor Bauer, leading you off tomorrow, starting at twelve. And there's nobody better that you'd want out on that mound right now. The way that he's been lights out, had a 1.2-something ERA over the last month. I mean, Bauer has been the best pitcher in baseball this year. Granted, maybe Shane Bieber in the American League. I mean, he, he got the ERA, the strikeouts, and the wins. Shane Bieber was, I would, I would say, maybe just is a little bit better than uh, than Trevor Bauer, but he, he's right there with him. Uh, and and. With him on the mounds and the Reds hitting the way that they've been hitting, I, I got good confidence in the Reds that they can take this three-game series. I mean, they're currently hot right now. You're looking at game one. It is a three-game series. they got to figure out how to win two. Um, but, yeah, as you mentioned, they're playing their best baseball they have all season when it counts the most. They've had probably one of the hottest last couple weeks. 
out of any of the teams, and you're going up against a, a Braves team who historically has struggled in the postseason, haven't won a postseason series since 2001. But you mentioned Bauer, how he's probably one of the Cy Young favorites in the NL, but you look on the other side, Max Fried 7-0 this year with a 2-2-5 ERA. You're not going up against Slouch tomorrow night. So the offense is going to have to continue to pick up the timely hitting that they have had over the past couple weeks. Um, use the long ball to your advantage. Maybe you take advantage free, leave the breaking ball over the plate, and you know, you're able to punch a couple out early, get the lead, and Bauer's going to you know, do what he does with the lead. And then hopefully the bullpen's able to come in and hold on. I mean, the Braves have some strong bats in this lineup. But his showing history-wise, you know, the Braves have not historically played well in the postseason. Just look back the last year, people thought they could possibly make a run to the World Series with how well and young they were and how good they were playing. And uh, they ended up losing to the Cardinals in the, in the division series. So the Braves historically have struggled to, uh, to get out of the first round of the postseason. And that's a streak they're going to be one in the break. But as we just said, the Reds pitching has been there. The hitting has been there when they needed it. The bullpen has not, you know, blown as many games as early on in the season. Uh, it's going to be an interesting series. It's definitely not a cakewalk for Atlanta. I think, uh, you know, not the matchup that they necessarily wanted being the two seed. I think they got a, a tough draw with the Reds being there at the seven. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think the whole three-game series adds a whole different dynamic because all you got to do is play two good ball games instead of, you know, a seven-game series. Each team gets their best guys pitching at least two, maybe the ace three times. Whereas in this series, you only get maybe your best guy throwing one time because it's three games. Right. And it's hard to believe you know, with, with the Reds with the one, two, three, that they're going to lose more than, than one game. You know, maybe, maybe they lose to the Braves. The Braves are a talented team. I think that, you know, it, it, I would favor Cincinnati in this matchup. <gasps> I, I would. I would. And it's really hard to tell this year. Because it was just the NL Central and the AL Central that Cincinnati went went against. Yeah, AL East and the NL East went against each other. So now you have the, the first crossover of the season, right? Because they, they really haven't seen any other teams except for the ones that are within their general vicinity, right? The, the Central against the Central, the East against the East, the West against the West. So we really don't know how these guys are going to do against other teams across Major League Baseball. We know that they can win against teams in the Central. We know that they can pitch exceedingly well against teams in the Central. Uh, but when it comes down to you know, now interdivision play, we don't know. It will be a different kind of... Uh, Normally you've seen these teams maybe once or twice for a series over the season, but now you see them for the first time. I think that could be a benefit for either side. You know, no overexposure. Uh, but you got Bauer. Again, Bauer, one point something ERA, 1.7 or, or whatever he had uh, with, with Trevor Bauer. And then Max Fried. Uh, left-hander, he finished the regular season. He was 7-0 with a 2.25 ERA. So it's not going to be a cakewalk against Freed. It's not going to be a cakewalk for the uh, Braves against Bauer. But you got two good pitchers. you got a hot lineup for Cincinnati. And you have a talented lineup for Atlanta. It's going to be a, a good game one. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, you're just kind of brushing to the side here. The, the discrepancy in batting average between the two teams. Braves are second in the league 
And despite the Reds being better over the past couple of weeks, they're still 30th. So they're still dead last in team batting average. And you, it doesn't matter how good you pitch, you got to put some runs on the board. And Freed's a good pitcher, man. I mean, he's another one that was up there for Cy Young. Of course, Bauer got really hot towards the end of the year, and it's tough. But he went 7-0, and you know, for a reason. So it's going to be an interesting matchup tomorrow night. I expect both starters to bring their best stuff, go into the seventh inning. And it's going to be one of those close, grinded out, 3-2 to two ball games. Classic playoff baseball. Every single move is going to matter. Um, but, uh, I mean, taking the first game in a series, in a three-game series, is absolutely pivotal. I mean, if you get the first one, you just need one more out of the next two, and pressure just completely flips onto the the team that loses game one because you've got to worry about winning the next two. Right. As I take a look at Bauer's stats, I don't know if we're running short on time here. Bauer hasn't given up more than four earned runs all season long. You know, he, he's only given up, even when you talk about the uh, you know, just runs in general. His worst game was against the Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers scored four runs on him in six and a third innings. Atlanta's a good hitting team. But with the way that Cincinnati has been hitting over the past month, because they were really cold. They had one of the worst cold streaks in baseball, you know, with hitting and hitting consistently. But now that since it seems like they figured it out, I can't count them out of this series. And I, I think they really do have a good shot at getting past the Braves and advancing into the postseason. Other scores around the MLB today as the postseason started. Middle of the six, Blue Jays raise, raise over the Blue Jays one to nothing. Uh, you had a final with the White Sox and Athletics, four to one. And then a Yankees Indians warming up. They'll start at 7.08. Astros and Twins, uh, that game is final as well. Houston takes game one by a score of four to one. That was the Twins' 17th straight playoff loss. So Twins are looking for a win there. <laughs> Regardless to say, by the way, that about does it for us here on the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting. We thank you for listening in. Thank you to the callers. Can't do it without you. We'll see you tomorrow at 6.06 on the clock. We'll talk after the Reds' first game in the postseason since 2013. We'll see you tomorrow. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. CBS News is next.